Defensive play of the New Year. Rogers going to lease. Going deep. Watson. He drops it. He was wide. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Back It Up Backers Podcast. This is Ryan. You got the audio of the drop already? It's fitting. That is, that is the most fitting audio of the day right that's there, just boys. just ruthless. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry to interrupt, but this yeah. guy acts quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's already gone viral. Uh, uh, yeah, what a disaster. Uh, we should have known Saturday's uh, slate of football games, especially if you're a third member of this pod who is a fanboy of Wisconsin and Notre Dame was atrocious. And then the beginning games of the NFL, all were blowouts and then somehow all became super competitive that you knew you just felt like maybe Green Bay, Minnesota would be a wild game. Uh, the Packers won the second half. It's unfortunate that they did not show up uh, for the first half at all. So let's jump right into it. Pull the Band-Aid off. 23-7. Rodgers, sub-200 yards, one interception, zero touchdowns, which, if you remember last year's uh, season opener, this wasn't much better. Uh, Cousins, solid. Cook, solid. Jefferson, next level. Horrible game planning. Everything everything that went wrong, it went wrong at some point. So what we're going to do... Play play a little game of good side, bad side. And everybody's going to say something positive and something we can build on. And everybody's probably going to say not one, but probably two or three negatives. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see how it goes. How do we feel <laughs> about, about week one? Are we at least okay that this is week one, that let's just get this shit out of the way right from the get-go? You know, luckily last year happened. Right. Yeah. So so we, we can see <laughs> yeah, the exact same it. thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is our practice game. This is where we dust off the rust. Oh, you God. know, <laughs> that's what we resort to now. Yeah we, yeah. we like to just start every year with a loss. It's Green Bay Packer tradition. Tradition. That is, yeah. that is the only way you can feel good about that game, though, because we did that last year. We're like uh, your nervousness factor based on this. And I was through the roof. I was like, everything about this game was just horrendous. I don't know how you turn it around. And they turn it around. So they come out here and you're questioning coaches' schemes and game plans and players and lineups and matchups. And you're like, well, we did do this last year, so maybe they can turn it around. But it's a terrible position to put yourself in. I think LaFleur has already addressed that in the comments. Like, This is now a pattern that needs to be addressed, a.k.a. we're going to be playing these guys in the preseason. But this was not all the players like it, it wasn't on the players not being ready. I'm, I'm more mad at the game plan and the coaching scheme put into yeah. place here. Yeah, and and that's what I think Lafleur and his team of coaches should should be embarrassed by. Honestly, two years in a row, you come out with just a dud. Like you don't even like you didn't even watch film. You didn't even prep for the team across from you. Yes, Minnesota has a new game plan, new coach, new defense, new offense. Right. So you yes, knew who you, to cover. Yeah, yeah. You knew Justin Jefferson was going to be their main weapon. I wish someone would come out and say what the game plan was. I'm not going to go too into it because we'll probably get to it when it gets there. But you know what? I'm with you. The coaches. What the heck? You know what I forgot? 
how much I hated until it happened. Any any guesses? I'll, I'll pause for guesses. You guys might not have reacted the same way I did. I forgot how much I hated until it happened. Aaron Rodgers wasting timeouts on letting mm-hmm. the pre-snap count go all the way down to zero, zero. and not seeing the matchup he liked. Even when we needed to score twice in the fourth quarter, he was letting the play count go all the way down to zero before snapping the ball. I'm like, oh, take your time. Don't worry about it. Take your time. Both timeouts we used in the first half, we came out in the exact same formation. First time was that like five wide spread, and they got the matchup they wanted, and it worked. But the second timeout we used, Mercedes Lewis was completely uncovered as a tight end off the right side of the line of scrimmage. Go back and watch it. They had a linebacker over our left side of the line of scrimmage from the four-yard line, five-yard line, and it was just Quick hit, snap the ball, throw it to Mercedes, touchdown. We took a timeout. We come back in the exact same formation. They got a linebacker over the top of Mercedes. We let them fix an issue. So pissed off at the way they run that. So that was fun. That's the only thing bad that happened, right? While we're talking about coaching, uh, and I don't want this to be overdramatized and we're thinking about firing him or anything like that because I do love Matt LaFleur. Is he over? Does he just overthink things sometimes? Like, I feel like there's sometimes where he comes with a great game plan, but his consistency when it comes to that, I, I don't know if it's, you know, it's I am going against McVeigh and that whole tree. So, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's now Minnesota, whether it's LA, that he almost feels like he has to overdo it and over, over just. I don't know, complicate things in it. Cause I even think about like Kansas city last year, Jordan loves the quarterback and we're still trying to do things that Aaron Rodgers would do. It's just, I, I I'm surprised at some points how just doesn't think things through to the full extent. I don't know how to even yeah. describe it, but it's just, when I, we, I, lose, we lose. The, the way I took this game is I think he got distracted with some of the new weapons we and wanting to see what they could do. Um, I, instead of just doing what was working, you know, um, the, the first play to Watson is, is just a mind boggle in itself. Like, really, that's the play you think you want to give your rookie on the first play is a deep bomb instead of, yeah, oh, I let's love just that do a short call. middle over the, over Hold the on. No, no, no. Hold on. You can't hate the result. That play call was beautiful. Because they're like, hey, the rookie isn't out there as a decoy or just to block. We're going to run him or we're going to run you deep. Watson and he doesn't beat, have that. And he does beat the not shit have out of confidence. Patrick Peterson. He beat the hell out of a veteran. He, If he makes that catch, you're grading the result of that play. The play call was perfect because if he makes that catch, we have him in the Hall of Fame on the first snap of his career. Maybe. But I'm saying the rookie's confidence across the board, you could see, was down. They were not confident in their own play. And that has to change. You have to build up their confidence. And you should know that as a head coach. That That's what I'm saying. I, I think they set them up for failure with what they're asking them to do. They did ask Watson to block a lot after that and then finally yeah. gave him an end around at the end of the game. It's like, maybe get his hands on the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'll start off with this positive. I love this backfield and I love it even more. Everything that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon did on the ground, which they averaged 9.8 for Jones and 4.5 for Dillon, every run went for 6.2. Receiving-wise, Dillon and Jones were near perfect in terms of targets to receptions. I mean, 
They are so, so very talented. And what made me love it even more, and it was an extra point to this, was I don't know if you heard the response that Aaron Jones gave to a, a reporter when he he was asked whether he felt like he should have gotten more touches. Are you angry about not getting more touches? And Aaron Jones was pretty much in a very military family fashion being like, I'm on this team to be a team player. They'll use me how they will use me and we'll look forward to week two. And I'm like, damn. I mean, they looked so awesome and it bums me out because it felt like they were consistently getting five yards, which hurts even more when, you know, I it goes back to the game plan. Like we got out of groove so early and we felt like we needed to throw, throw, throw. And we have two guys in the backfield that were absolutely on fire and we didn't use them. Going off of that, when we should have kicked the field goal, but we didn't, we went for it and we don't give it to AJ Dillon two times on the goal line. It's like, come on, give it to the beast. Let him pound it in. I agree. These guys need to see the ball the most out of everyone on the team. AJ Dillon looked amazing. Aaron Jones averaged 9.8 a carry and only carried it five times. Like that's ridiculous for a running back when we are, and it it wasn't like a blowout. Like let's not forget, like it was 10 to nothing, you know, until we gave away, you know, another score right at the end of the half. But, I mean, we could have kept running the ball. Like, I don't understand the game plan on why we didn't attack the weakness of the middle of, of the Minnesota Vikings. So I Coming know. into week one, if the uh, who has more carries stat was Aaron Jones or Isaiah Pacheco, who would you have taken? Because yeah. oh, it no. turns out I, Isaiah Pacheco would have <laughs> paid out on that one. And it wasn't injury-related. How stupid. Talk about, like, getting in your own head. He has these games more than once a year. They're typically two to three times a year where you just look back and you're like, why were we not giving the ball to our best players? Like, what was the defensive game plan? Like, and you can't put that all on the floor because the game plan comes from the coordinators for the most part. LaFleur's approving, right? And throwing his insights in there. Like, hey, let's just sit in zone and let's have the Vikings respect the hell out of Jair, but give no respect to Justin Jefferson. That sounds like a good game plan, right? Like, let's not adjust to their. All pro, Pro Bowl, All Star, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Just, I can't put it all on the floor. It's the entire coaching staff. Those decisions were just wild. I, I do have another positive, even though I was ripping on the young wideouts and how they were being used. On film, if you watch back the film, they were creating separation. And that's the number one issue in this wide receiver room. Last year, the only person that could create separation was Adams. Well, now we got Dubs, we got Watkins, who's really looking good out there and really smooth, honestly. And then Watson, who just, I did not think he was that fast. Uh, it was great to see, but good news. That's the hardest thing to do in the NFL is to create the separation. Now, easy part, learn the playbook, learn the hot routes and catch the ball and we'll be okay. You know? So at least there's Rogers even admitted on that. What the announcer said was a miscommunication to Dobbs on the third down where he threw it outside and Dobbs ran inside that, that Rogers admitted he was throwing the ball away. But it wasn't Dobbs on a miscue on that particular play. But to stack onto your comment about creating separation, I went back. Justin Jefferson, week one of his career, three targets, two catches. Dobbs, five targets, four catches. I think we have the next yeah. Randy Moss, ladies and gentlemen. He looked the good. Is real. <laughs> he did look good. He was pretty good. I'll give you my positive. 
my positive is that 60% of the line is going to turn over in the very near future. Oh, God. <laughs> and it might be Zach Tom playing guard. I don't know if that was the spark that the running game got focused on because they were having more success or if they were having success and magically Zach Tom comes in and they just start calling more runs. Uh, but he was getting credit on Twitter, and that's that's where coaching decisions are made. Uh, but knowing that those two tackle situations are only going to improve, knocking on wood, and that, that that can shore up where your best two guards are playing guard and not tackle. Oh, man. So, like the decision to leave your right guard who's only played six career snaps in a solo pass block against Darius Smith. Questionable. The same decision to run behind him on fourth and one on the goal line. Even more questionable. So the, yep. I, I'm sorry, that started as a positive. The line's turning over. We're going to get better on the offensive line. We, we, we've been giving too much credit to him. See, we gave too much credit to the offensive line, new offensive coordinator. Stinovich would be giving too much credit to Stinovich. See, we got to start hating on him, and then he'll start performing well. And I was mad about the sacks, and I think a lot of people would say, you know, shame on the offensive line with those sacks. But the game plan was not, you know, one of those that they built knowing they have two backup tackles where Rodgers is getting the ball out in two seconds or less. He was holding on to the ball, and rightfully he so he had to in a lot of circumstances. They'd show you the, not the all-22, but they'd show you a good angle of the field, and nobody's open. Uh, but a lot of those sacks were at three or four seconds into his drop back. So I don't put all those sacks on the offensive and, line. And they saw, something on, they saw something on film, the deep ball. The deep ball was there. We just couldn't create enough time for Rodgers to get it. Oh, he loves his deep ball. Can I, can I say something, though? I want the to say three yours. or four, three or four times though. Rogers did the I faked it and then I nonchalantly kind of like run back and kind of hide the ball. Oh yeah, he, like he's he, been practicing that. He overemphasized the play action to a point that the Vikings were like, "This isn't no." It was horrible. You you can smirk, Dan, but it was he. <laughs> it was a slow. Or a, a slow, drawn-out play, which if you're getting support on the line, great. But when they're trying to just hold it together in that first half and you continue to be like, all right, let's pull, yeah. it wasn't a as good As long as situation. you caveat that, that that's game-specific because that same fake is going to work wonders later in the year when he has yeah. protection. Correct. He's yeah. going to get the safeties beat deep, and you're going to be like, that play-action fake was so smooth. But as long yeah. as you're saying this is game-specific, you don't have the line to run a three-second pass drop, yeah, I follow. Because Zadarius, was, he was going in the backfield every single time. It was almost like he was shadowing Rodgers in terms of, like, I don't care what the run is going inside. I'm going to stay outside and protect the edge and go after Rodgers. And it just, like, time and time again where Rodgers would turn around, like, did I get him? And there was two Vikings in his face. And I was like, no, this isn't this isn't the game plan we wanted. But I, I think there was 11 pressures by uh, the Vikings, and seven of them came against either Hanson or Newman. Wait, what? Not good. Name one player on defense you wanted to key on and just make sure he didn't have a good day. Zadarius? Was it Zadarius we wanted to make sure didn't have a good day? Who had the best day on defense? And I also want to this say game that plan's PF... not that hard. They get paid also... millions to have shitty game plan. <laughs> I want to say PFF rating, the lowest for the Packers was actually Tom. Which is interesting that mm. people loved how Tom played, but somehow he got the worst rating, which makes zero sense 
but I have one bad play, but only ten plays or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't watched the film and, like, graded out our left guard in the last 24 hours, but it could be just that we focused on the run once he got in the game and we are having success in the first place. I, I don't know to that level, but he, he's becoming a bit of a cult hero. I don't know why. I will say another positive. We have one more positive. I thought we were only going to have, like, one or two things, and now we're up to four, which Dan's definitely switched halfway through his description of why it was positive. But uh, Kirk Cousins, according to Jacob Morley, was pressured on 20 of his 33 dropbacks. That D-line. Oh, yeah, I didn't think we had gotten to defensive positives. Oh, oh yeah, we haven't gotten to defense, yeah. Oh, let's, let's yeah. start. Anything in positive? We're going to have six. Positives or negatives? Go ahead. <laughs> go for offense? Anything Anything else with offense? Because oh, I, I, there's nothing else I want to We were pulling at straws at that point. <laughs> Tunyon looked great. Way to go, Tunyon. Oh, yeah, Tunyon did look back to normal, though. You, If you would have... He looked like he could run. Down. Is that the bar we had set? Yep, the knee's good. Look good. Yeah, you look fine. For two catches? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jump on the bandwagon. He's going to be a pro I saw a little too much of Tyler Davis. That tells me Tunyon's not 100%. Uh, yeah, especially on that four-goal line play. They kept pulling out Tunyon to put Davis in. So uh, that's On the defense. On the defense. <laughs> on the defense. <laughs> but Give me your positive, on- and yeah. I will turn it into a negative. That's my role in this podcast. <laughs> Gary Clark. Smith and Josh's favorite from the game, Dean Lowry, all with two QB hits each. Gary had the only sack for the Packers, but Reed was looking good. Kenny Clark was looking good. That that front was was legitimately pushing back the Vikings uh, O-line. And it was just one of those things that the amount of throws, Kirk Cousin probably had like four or five throws where I'm like, yes, this is it. This is the interception we've been waiting for. And then it would just be Jefferson alone down the field. You're like, okay, well, great. I'm glad we gave him 10 yard separation, but the D line did everything they possibly could. And I, I'm bummed out that yeah, cook had had moments rushing the ball for sure. Uh, But I I thought when it came to passing downs, we, we did all we could on the front line side of things. Yeah. The, the D line, they they did great. And you know what, Dan, you said not to compare the quarterbacks in the pregame, but uh Kirk Cousins looked look good. And he played near perfect, honestly, in my opinion. Um, yeah, when you got Justin Jefferson with a whole half of the field open by himself, you're gonna but, look like a good but quarterback. But like like Fu said, we were bringing the heat and we were getting in his face. He had to get rid of the ball quickly and in awkward, very awkward positions at times. Um, so it was impressive, but you're right. The secondary, gosh, and just the plan around this, how we attack the secondary. I I really liked the plan that they did up front. We didn't have to blitz a lot, which I really liked. Um, when we did, I felt like it was good timing. Um, but yeah, and and the D line, the only thing I have against the D line, and this isn't a, a player hate, this is a coach hate again. Preston Smith, I don't know how many times I've said this in our years recording. I never want him to line up guarding a wide receiver man-to-man ever again in this year. I feel like it happens every but year. But it, it had to be like their fourth or fifth wide receiver, right? I, 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 no, you wouldn't no. Put Justin him over. Jefferson. Oh, wait, They're what? Not, yeah. You put him over their number one? I, I couldn't believe it when I said – I'm like, is Mike Pettin coaching us again? Like, Amen. what's going on here? Like, you, if that happens again. Like, honestly, get rid of Joe Barry. I don't want him there. That's ridiculous, and you need to know that that's ridiculous as an NFL coordinator. 
Sorry. It, it felt like high school. It's like, we play zone defense. I don't care what you run. It's like, okay, but this is the NFL, and uh, they showed on the first drive they're going to chew up your zone defense, so let's play something else. Like, nope. You want to put your all-star against our rookie linebacker? Go ahead. You want to put your all-star against our heavy-duty pass rusher? Go ahead. Like, what guys we need to be able to adjust? And that's where they were lining up Jefferson on Jair's side, which was the left side of the offense, the right side of the defense. They're motioning him away to Stokes and Douglas's side, and we didn't care. We didn't adjust. We just didn't care. And they're like, okay, fine. We're going to have three receivers against your two corners, and Jefferson, Jefferson's going to be open every time. I, I, I don't have network issues. This is just my dumbness. What, what, what was that? No one's got anything. Positives. Uh, Quay Walker, if he's healthy, looks like looks like we got a tackle machine, a second tackle machine on the middle of the defense. Yeah, Quay, Quay Walker did look good. Um, I, I like this play. He, he looked a little hesitant. Um, I sort of wish they started Chris Barnes and just sort of slowly brought in Quay Walker. Um, these rookies, I feel like they're asking a lot of these rookies just week one, just throwing them to the wolves. And honestly, let's be honest, not either offense or defense looked like they knew what they were doing. Um, so I think they need to reevaluate some of these rookies and like really think, do they need to start week two? Can we start someone else that actually knows what they're doing? So, well, um, Quay's still going to be starting. Yeah, yeah, he will. And and the the, the secondary, I want to get into the secondary a little. Cause positive, you're, positive. You're, Oh, oh, we're positive. <laughs> oh, wait. Say, say another. Second. Yeah, say another positive. The start of secondary is the second half. They held Jefferson to two catches and like twenty-three yards. So they they were capable of adjusting. They just they just wanted to play out the first thirty minutes of football and go down seventeen nothing first. Now into the negatives of the okay. secondary. <laughs> No, honestly, I think a lot of it was miscommunication and just stupidity. Um, it, it wasn't as bad as all of us are making it out to be. It's, I, I think it, it will be fixed. Um, this is very similar to what happened week one last year. Uh, Campbell was the one that looked like a chicken cut off of his head that that time. This time, it was literally every corner other than Rasul Douglas, I believe. Did you say a chicken cut off with, with its head? Without its head, without its head, chicken with its head cut off. <laughs> that's like a that's a Mike that's a Mike Mike quote right there um, <laughs> from the office. But no, um, it, Amos blew me away in this one. Honestly, how, how he did not understand he was deep man three times and got beat deep. Um, Jair Alexander, he was playing zone when everyone else was playing man. It, it it was glaring at times, but overall, they looked still decent. Like, we are going to be okay. This wasn't a blowout, you know, and it should have been. It should have been an absolute blowout how bad we were playing. It should have been worse, yep. Yeah, it should have been way worse. And we're going to be okay. This defense is still very gifted. And with how much pressure we saw without blitzing, with our defensive front, the secondary will get it together. Hopefully, there won't be so many zone packages next that's got to be their idea, right? Is play a safe zone because the pass rush is is lethal, and you can get aggressive as you figure out, you know, the quarterback's timing off that pass rush. It's just yep. when you're facing Justin Jefferson, I'm going to need you to adjust that game plan a little bit. 
Well, and, and once a receiver hits 100 yards, you should probably man him up and, and lock him down and sort of bump him, maybe bump him on the line, you know, slow him up a little bit. But, yeah, anything than what they did. You know what else pissed me off, gentlemen? <laughs> this is not a player related or coach related. Oh, Dude. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Is it a certain graphic that showed up? If every they show that minutes? graphic <laughs> one more time. Every game. It's going to be every game. that the Green Bay Packers have 40 yards, and currently Devontae just caught a ball for 41 yards. We offered Devontae a contract for more money than what he signed on for. It's not Everybody's like, forgetting that. It's I not think. like we just fucking left him on the curb with a bag of trash. We're like, you're dead to it. Like, we wanted yeah. Devontae back. Somebody at work today, they're like, oh, too bad you got rid of that receiver and said goodbye to him. I'm like, we didn't want to say goodbye. He wanted to leave. If they're going to do that dumb shit when it's happening, then they better do it in reverse when the Packers put up 400 yards on offense and Devontae had 30 yards. Because it's rare when Devontae has 30, but let's say Devontae has 90 and we have 400 yards. Are you going to show that graphic, Fox? You still going to show that graphic? You better. So I wish we would have won because that would have been a nice little thing of congratulations. Devontae was targeted 17 times and they lost and they lost and, and they never rem- showed the score of the Raiders game. Yeah. Just and I will yard. say it was nice when you look at it. We, we talked about how what's this new offense look like. The fact that for Green Bay receiving kind of jumping back to offense now that Dan brought it up. Targets six five five four two five three one three one. Like if we can get each game two guys to kind of put it together receiving wise, like we're we're fine. Like I we spread it around and we'll grow and we'll figure out what each guy is doing right and what each guy is doing wrong. But now you kids are probably asking yourselves, hey Matt, (laughs) how can we get back on the right track? (laughs) But it's like I, I, I. I think that the game plan is for Devonte is going to be he's going to get two dozen tries at making catches. So I would have absolutely assumed that he would get those those kind of yardage. Hell, if we would have given the ball to Aaron Jones eleven more times, he would have done just fine yardage wise. Like it's just it's it's just Quick one of those fire. things. Quick but, fire. We didn't plan for this, but first name that comes to mind that's uh-oh. not that's not a running back that's going to be our receptions leader at the end of the year. After week one. That's not quick fire. I did like Dobbs. I did think Dobbs might end up being the guy. Lazard. (laughs) (laughs) 1,400 yards. Uh, After week one, I know Lazard wasn't on the field, but I'd put some money on Dobbs being our receptions leader. No, yeah, I'm right. I'm right with you guys. I was joking about Lazard. Okay. Dobbs, (laughs) Dobbs, clearly, he he looks clean. I'm surprised. Yeah, he looks like he belongs on that field. And if you include both his rushing and his reception, I mean, if he can do what he did over the span of of 17 weeks, he's going to have 800 plus total yards like for a rookie. I think that would be absolutely outstanding. So and I think that's easy. I I think if he just keeps running routes the way he is, he's going to see 50 yards a game. Like he's going to get those outs for 10, 15 yards. No problem. He's going to create separation on the quick hitches. Like he's that good at running routes. It's going to happen. Especially once we have our wide receiver one out there. Can you imagine drawing double teams? (laughs) 
for just I will say that was something that was something missing is the short yardage receiver. And I thought Sammy Watkins was going to be that with his bigger frame, but it almost felt like we'd get within the 10 yard line. It's like, I don't know if Dobbs is going to be the guy that's going to do this. Now it's like, we, we just need, that's where Tunyon Watkins. I mean, that's where you need these big bodies to be like, can you get us five yards to the air? And I, we haven't found that through week one and we've got the pieces. Yeah, we got the team that uh, is a very good pulse check to follow this up with. Can you write the ship with Chicago on Sunday night, or are you going to struggle with a Chicago team? Yeah, if we struggle with Chicago, panic button is being pressed, y'all. Yeah, I don't know what to take out of their week one because of the weather and Trey Lance. Um, I'm going to still put them in the Chicago is Chicago bucket. So a struggle or a loss and this season screwed, like we said, you can't overcome no wide receivers on your team, but uh, you got the right team to write the ship as well. So write the ship. Would you like to guess what the line is already for that game? It's in green Bay, right? It's in green Bay Sunday night, nine and a half minus four. Packers by 10. We are double digit favorites. Man, I'm feeling <laughs> lucky. Let's go to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, Vegas literally looked at the schedule ahead of time. Bears, and was like, right? It has to be. <laughs> yeah. Like we're all going to Vegas to take the Bears, right? Holy moly. Yeah, 10. I saw that. I saw that and I immediately said this. Uh, no, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like know this. if we can I score don't... 10 points. <laughs> uh, I, that I on will... a parlay, get 17. Easy. <laughs> While we Before we wrap up, uh, Quay Walker had a shoulder injury. Uh, LaFleur said he could play, and Chris Barnes looked real bad with that air cast, and it sounds like he avoided season-ending injury sprain and something with his calf that it could be uh, a three-, four-week period that he's out. But when oh, I wow. when it took them a commercial break and they still came back and he was trying to get off the field, I was like, oh, uh, well. Like, he kept there trying goes to walk off match. himself, though. That's why I had faith, because he tried to walk off himself, and they said, no, sit your ass down. No, but they applied <laughs> pressure back to his calf area and asked him a question, and I thought they were checking an Achilles. Oh. Because, like, he didn't react to a, a pressure on, like, the lower calf. Like, does this, you know, do you feel anything? Does this hurt? And then they rolled him over and air casted him. I'm like, look, he's gone. So that's awesome news. If he's back even four to six weeks from now, you know, give him a, a longer timeline, it, we don't have to recall times Ty Summers were in. That was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So that'll do it for this episode. I, oh man, I, I don't like the ceiling, but uh, knock on wood, LaFleur has done very, very we- well after a loss, and hopefully that trend continues when we head back home. But until then, keep your head up, Packer Nation. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks. Go, Pack, go.